Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one Get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that phone number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And, of course, the craziest news that I've seen today is probably the ex-Baywatch actress. We can't play the video because she's uh, pretty vulgar, but she... Evidently got a bit upset about some 80-year-old man not wearing a mask, and she then flipped out. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's also a video that we can play where a pharmacist straight up admits that he feels, in. I think he says, incompetent as a pharmacist toward the very end of the video before it cuts out. But it's because a lady just asked him some questions about the vaccine that they wanted to give her, and... It's really interesting. She ends up being given a piece of paper that's, you know, glued together like they're supposed to be. And as they unfold it, what they learn is that it just says this page intentionally left blank Mm -hmm. throughout the entire document. And of course, I did actually go home last night and watch the new Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections. I had originally no intention of watching this until you and Bonnie suggested I do so because it's called Resurrections. And I've seen enough movies and played enough video games to know that anything with the word Resurrections in the title... Usually terrible. Yeah, it's usually just absolute awful cash grab. And this was that. But it was done so brilliantly that I I loved everything about the movie. And we're going to talk about that later. But first, I want to talk about this, this crazy lady. Uh, evidently a former Playboy model. And again, we can't play the video, but you can find it very easy. She was on a Delta Airlines flight, and she has now gone viral because she's been nicknamed Delta Karen because there's a video of her (laughs) screaming at another passenger, spitting on him, and slapping him for not wearing his mask. Now, even if I could play the video, you wouldn't be able to see it, but by far the most remarkable thing about this video is that she's standing up in the airplane yelling at this dude with her face mask she's not wearing. It's pulled down. It's a it's a chin strap for her, right. and she's berating this old guy, physically assaulting this old guy for not wearing a mask while she's 
also not wearing one. The video has now been seen by nearly 10 million people, and the identity of Karen is now known. It's Patricia Cornwall. She's an actress. Hmm. Probably won't be an actress for much longer. One-time cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders, and she's been on both Baywatch and Married with Children, and and apparently posed in Playboy. She was in the airplane aisle, briefly blocked by the beverage service on the flight, and was instructed to take a seat until the cart passed by. So she was already not being a particularly good airline passenger. The lady, she said, now this is quoting, uh, let's see, who is this? Mark Cox, evidently he was... On the flight, I don't know, he says, the lady, she said to them, I'm not kidding you, according to court documents, what am I, Rosa Parks, when she was asked to take a seat so that the the drink cart could be brought past her. Cornwall was arrested by the police, because of course she was. When you do stuff like this on a flight, there's nowhere you can go. They're going to find you, and they're going to arrest you. She was taken into custody by the FBI, because doing this sort of thing on a flight, it is a federal charge, federal felonies apply. She posted a $20,000 bill and is allowed only to fly back home to Los Angeles, which is amazing to me that they let this woman back on a flight after this was how she was behaving on the other one. And have you seen the whole clip of her going at this guy? I have not. I've clipped around it. I mean, I clicked around it a little bit, but I did not watch the entire thing. And the one I did watch, I didn't have audio turned on because I knew it wasn't usable for the show. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, She is just lambasting this old dude who's sitting in his seat. Minding his own business. Just, he doesn't have a mask on because he says he's having a drink. Because that's, you know, the rules apparently on the flight is you can take the mask down to put food or drink in your mouth. And that's what he says he was doing. And he tries to explain that to her. And, uh, and you know, to be fair, he does call her Karen at well, one point. Well, she's acting like a Karen, <laughs> yeah. so... And it's pretty funny. Uh, and she, I didn't realize he was 80 years old. Is it, that how old he was? Did uh, you say 80 years old? 80 years old, according to this article. Wow. So and she assaulted she flips an old out. man. Yeah, and she just can't just move on. He's like, look, go sit down, move on, Karen. And <laughs> she just can't let it go. She has to make a stand and shout at this man and make a scene. Like literally making a stand. She is standing up in the airplane with her mask off, turned around, yelling at this man behind her. Yeah. And and the the funny part, I mean, funny, it's sick. But uh, the sick sick part of this is, is you know, she pretends to be this person who's so concerned. Well, it's uh, to protect the 80-year-olds from getting sick. Right. And then she proceeds to spit on this dude. Like as she's attacking him, she also spits on him. So, like, you obviously aren't concerned for his health. Well, I mean, she physically assaults him, too, yeah. so it's hard to say she is. No, I, I right, but I mean, it's the whole idea of you're spitting on somebody, yet you're pr- pretending like masks are important to you? I mean, that's a good point. Cause ridiculous. The, the whole idea behind the mask is that they're going to catch, you know, people's spit particles as they speak and stuff like that, but... When this person wants to yell, she just takes her mask down anyway, so it's not catching anything. And spitting on someone is substantially worse than spitting on them as you speak. I I saw something similar in Home Depot today when someone asked me a question from, you know, 50 feet away or whatever. The girl pulled down her mask in order to, what what is the point of this? What, What is the point of wearing your mask if you constantly have to touch it to bring it down so you can speak? Incidentally, though, yet another place that I can go without being asked to wear a mask. They have a sign on the door, but it probably Home has, Depot does? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's probably been there for like a year now. 
Right. And I doubt that it's a very new one. But even then, the only changes I've really noticed is that now employees everywhere seem to be wearing masks. Hmm. But spitting on people is not going to get uh, get us out of this pandemic. Hopefully, she at least used hand sanitizer before she slapped the guy. It doesn't look like she did because they keep the hand sanitizer by the front and the by the bathrooms, essentially. And she's too busy yelling at this guy in order to actually, you know, think about the pandemic that we're in, which motivated this entire behavior. And that's what's remarkable about this is, as you began to point out, this whole thing is about you know, caring for one another. It's about keeping each other safe. I'm supposed to get vaccinated because I care about that 80-year-old passenger. And that's the reason she's supposed to get vaccinated because she's not at risk of dying from COVID-19. I'm not at risk of dying from COVID-19, but that 80-year-old got a higher than zero chance of dying from it, higher than I do at the very least. Still, most of them are going to survive it. Unless they're, you know, obese or, of course, if you're obese, you probably don't make it to 80 uh, or you have some other kind of, you know, underlying condition. Yeah, Yeah. that's a stark contrast to what China is doing, though. And there's not enough talk about China and how they're handling the lockdowns and the pandemic and all of that, I think, because China is one of these totalitarian regimes like North Korea. I'm, I'm also curious to know how North Korea is handling the pandemic. They're not saying. No, of course not. But China is, and they have a what is being described as a brutal zero-COVID lockdown, similar to New Zealand and Australia, where they're mm-hmm. like, no, we have to get cases down to zero. And China is authoritarian and totalitarian enough where they they would just do that, right? They would just lock down the entire country and not allow people to actually live, exercising mm-hmm. no rights or freedoms whatsoever. Well, now in China, well, in certain parts of China... They've announced that anyone seen driving will be jailed, sent to jail. And this is after 160 new COVID cases were reported in one province. The brutal new lockdown rules come as part of the country's attempt to be COVID-free in the midst of its worst outbreak since the pandemic began. Local news reports hinted that the reason behind the new rules could be down to the fact that the Winter Olympics, which are being held there in February, is under threat if cases continue to rise. Despite no cases of the new Omicron variant being reported, the Communist Party said vehicles would only be allowed on the roads if they were assisting with disease control work. Wow. It's actually worse than that in this place. It's not just you can't drive for whatever reason. You also can't leave the house. Hmm. Except uh, and only one person in your household can leave the house. To go get food? And, and that's only every three days. Wow. To go out and get necessities. So it, it could be worse because we could be in China. But it could also be a lot better because we could be free. What are your thoughts on all of this? Can China actually lock down their way out of the pandemic? 603-283-6160. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call in, share your thoughts and opinions, take control of the airwaves, and talk about whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, Intercoin has finally launched its investor token, and it's available on two exchanges. You can find links to those at intercoin.org. 
That's INTERCoin.org. The easiest to use is probably xmarkets.com. All you need for them is an email address to sign up. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, trade them for Tether, and then use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. Find out more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org. That's INTERCoin.org. And you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Now, Ian, you actually brought in this video uh, from someone on Twitter who it, it's sort of difficult to set up. So this lady, the potential customer, is presumably looking to get one of the COVID-19 vaccines. And she quite understandably has some questions for the pharmacist. And it's kind of alarming how incapable of answering these questions he actually is. And it, it actually bothers him mm-hmm. how incapable he is. So let's go to that video. That's from the Moderna vaccine. Okay, Moderna. Is it the same for um, Pfizer and all of the others? There, no, the, each brand is a little different. So for those who obviously aren't watching the video, he literally walks up to her. Clearly, she's already asked the first few questions, and he hands her some sort of folded up sheet of paper, the, the pamphlet for the vaccines, you know, the one that has all of that information about testing and safety and all of that crap that they include when you pick up a prescription, and most people just throw into the trash. Yeah. Okay, so uh, may I take this with me for to look at all of the safety studies, placebo safety studies on this? Yeah, because yeah, because the, yeah, the one because the one that we give, um, yeah, because the one the one that's given to patients doesn't contain that information. So that which one is are they giving? If- yeah, this is very confusing. Apparently, he's suggesting that pharmacists are given different information about the vaccines. Yeah. than customers are getting. I've never heard of that. I guess it could be a thing. Maybe it's true. I have no idea. I mean, he's an expert, so it's not so, this one. So no, no, that's the one. That is the one we are giving. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the the, the package insert given to patients isn't the full information. So it's not the from the manufacturer that, themselves. That, that is from the manufacturer, but it's truncated. That's okay. the full thing. So if he mm. seems uh, a bit flustered, I suspect it's because he's being recorded. Does and he know, do you think? I, I don't know if he does or not, because mm-hmm. she is kind of holding the camera not eye level, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a way if you want to record someone subtly, you can sort of do it. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to make it known they're being recorded, you can also do it. Right. He could also just be flustered because he's being asked questions that he wasn't prepared to answer. And now he's like, oh, no, I have to actually be able to answer these questions. So why is it intentionally blank if it's all the safety studies? It's a, they're inside. So she's opened it up, or it says on the outside of it, presumably, because she hasn't opened it up yet. He no, actually does that. I think she that. already knows. She, had, she says in the video that she's already aware that this is blank. So I, I okay. think she's going to pharmacies and doing this purposefully to ah. see, like, to try to wake these pharmacists up. That's a good idea. They're inside of it? So the guy opens this it up. Folds up. Okay. He's opening it with the intention of showing her, oh, look, here's all this information, all these studies. And it's just this page intentionally left blank. It's like a big, it's a folded one sheet, huge sheet of paper that's completely blank with intentionally blank written in the middle of it. He then walks away. No, it's okay. It's okay. I already know that it's. She says, I already know that it's blank. What's the next thing she's going to say? 
and I mean, he's understandably frustrated at this point yeah. and, and confused, and he doesn't know how to handle the situation at this point. Right? Yeah, he's been caught. He's not lying. He has never looked at this, right? Like he's been told, okay, this is all the information for the pharmacist. Here, lady, I'm going to give it to you. I'm trying to help the customer is what he's trying to do. He's genuinely a good person. It's intentionally, Blake. My last question is, um, how is it informed consent when all of the safety studies, placebo safety studies are not listed from the manufacturer? That's a great question. I would talk... I would talk to I would talk to CVS about that because okay. first line of defense always call the corporate office and talk yeah. to them they'll they'll be glad to help you out here. He has no answer and and that's what she's clearly doing here. She she says she knows that it's intentional. She's aware uh, that it's intentionally blank and then she has that question for him and he cannot answer it. In it you know honestly because she's right. Um so if if we don't know what we're injecting into ourselves um I don't understand how that's informed consent. That you're you're ex- you're exactly right, oh, okay. and you're exactly right, yeah. and you are correct. I should not be giving these vaccines at all. Okay. okay. That's a strong statement from a pharmacist. Yeah. Why are you giving them? Because I am because I am told to, and that's how because I am told to, and I am told. I understand and, that. And I, and everything I have shown, including the patients that I have given it to. Uh-huh. It is safe. It is safe and effective. So what it's interesting the things that he's saying here, right? Like he's saying on one hand, I shouldn't be giving these vaccines out. I mean, I can't even, my patients can't possibly have informed consent. So therefore I shouldn't be giving it. Why, why are you doing it? Well, I'm told to. And the thing he doesn't want to say is I don't want to lose my job. I mean, that's what he's saying, right? Like this is part of his job is to do this, is to inject people with this vaccine, which is not you know information is not available like he thought that it was but he still doesn't want to lose his job so talk to the corporate office i'm sorry i'm embarrassed that's basically this video and it's it's wild it is it is sad man that this person could be beaten to that degree because you're right there is a lot of cognitive dissonance here where he's like you know yeah. Uh, I shouldn't be giving people this vaccine, but he's going to go on now to say to justify the reasons he's been giving away this vaccine. Well, no, none of the people I've given it to have died, or I, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he, that's, he says it's safe. It, you know, yeah. looks like it's safe. It, it's fine in his experience of dealing with people and giving it to them. You're going by the states that it's safe and effective. I know these are tough questions, but I have to ask. I know, and I and I'm sorry that. But you can't. You can't I, answer. So I, I understand I, that. I, I unfortunately cannot answer that, okay. and I feel it. And right, right now, I'm, I'm feeling totally inadequate as a. As a pharmacist, yeah. presumably, is what he was about and to say. That's where it cuts off. It does cut off there, sadly. I'd like to see the rest of the video or, you know, how it got to this point. But presumably she wasn't recording by them. But I don't know if she's going to different pharmacies to do this Mm -hmm. and try to get the pharmacist there to. That's just my presumption. Uh, You know, it's one of those things where videos get shared around and you never really can find the original source of it. True. Uh, So who knows who this lady is, what her deal is. But the fact that she already knew it was intentionally blank says this was a setup on her part. She wanted to corner this guy. And it's for his own benefit, right? Right? To bring this to his attention, it's in a way that's going to make him uncomfortable, but at the same time, making him uncomfortable in that way might just get his attention and make him think twice, as he seems to, like, in being in the process of doing 
uh, about what he's up to. Oh, this lady has him absolutely cowed in submission, man. His hands are in his pockets. Oh, yeah. He's folding the up. body he, language is, yeah. yeah. He's defeated. 603-283-6160. Do you feel like you had informed consent when you got vaccinated? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And I have good news for all the people who were concerned about the video that we just shared. The AP has been kind enough to fact check this entire thing. Don't worry, it was, in fact intentionally left flank see i was holding out this hope that maybe this lady you know she has a side gig as a as a magician so she just did some sleight of hand and actually gave him pack up back you know this empty one when she pocketed the one that had all the useful information on it or maybe it was a staged with a friend of hers in a place meant to look like a pharmacy but if, if they did that they did a really good job but no it's it's actually legit this has been going around for several months now. The packaging insert with the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine is suspiciously blank, containing no information about ingredients and side effects normally found with the vaccine. And presumably this is equally true for the Pfizer and the Moderna as well. That's the claim, at least. AP's assessment is that it's missing context. The paper insert states that it was intentionally left blank. And that FDA-authorized fact sheets are available electronically, according to a Johnson & Johnson representative. Right. So everybody who doesn't have the internet is basically unable to do any kind of meaningful research, right? Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I realize that people take for granted that we have the internet, so therefore everyone must have the internet. But it's not true. There are still people who voluntarily choose to not go online and or do not have any way of easily going online, have no experience. I mean, our regular caller every, well, she calls almost every night, Sarah uh, in New Mexico. She, I don't know if has ever been online. She does How not- did she find the show? Oh, it, it airs in New Mexico. It Never was mind. airing in, yeah, it is airing actually on weekends in Albuquerque. Yeah, that would be how she found it. Yeah. So those people It's do easy exist. to forget that though, man, because I mean, the internet is so interwoven into my life. Right. That when I had to spend like 3 days without it post the raid that occurred on March the 16th, it was it was difficult to have just 
no internet access whatsoever. Yeah. It's a jarring experience. But there are people out there who are like, yes, this is a better way of living. Or who are just like Sarah. No, no, I just, I've gotten this far without the internet. They Why just do don't I need see it now? The value in it. Yeah. I mean, how are those people supposed to do any meaningful research? Well, they can't. And this is intended to ensure that vaccinators and consumers refer to the most up-to-date information about the vaccine during the FDA's emergency use authorization, the representative said. So I wonder if this is still true of Pfizer, which has full authorization. It's no longer under emergency use. It's got an actual brand name and everything called Comirnaty. That's actually the name of the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer. Yeah, is that one also intentionally blank, or is it now that it's a full release... Now they've got something published. It would be interesting to see. Who knows? But, you know, regardless of whatever the AP says here, the point is very clear in that video that is att- that lady is attempting to make. And that is that this pharmacist doesn't even know what he's doing. He's yeah, that's true. doing what he is told. Yeah, you would think at least at some point that he would have known that this information was, was available online. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he did go to look it up. But... That doesn't help the consumer much because he's way back there in the back looking at his computer. Was he going to read off the entire thing to her? Doesn't seem very likely. They move on. The facts. The video, I don't know what video they're referring to, shows a blonde woman in a white lab coat opening a Johnson & Johnson vaccine package. She finds a piece of paper folded on top, which she unfolds into a large sheet that is blank, except for one small section of text, which is what we just saw in regard to, I believe they said that was for the Moderna vaccine. I don't recall now, though. Mm. A lot of safety and efficacy data. In fact, all of the normal information we would find in a package insert, like the ingredients, that would all be found right here in this package insert, the woman says in the video. Must be magic. It's all blank. Now, obviously, this went viral and you know got lots of viewers online. However, Lisa Canellos, Johnson & Johnson's Director of Global Corporate Media Relations, explained that the section on the paper includes instructions to access that information online. So that, that's pretty much all they have to say about it. I'm just sort of shocked to find that it's true that they just included. You would think, right, the way they would normally do this is they would give you all of that data and they would say, hey, this stuff at the very end, this information may be out of date. Please refer to this website for the latest yeah, sure. up-to-date information. Give you something. Yeah. But instead of these, they, there's just They literally nothing. Print, uh, print out an entire... I don't know how big that sheet was, but it's gigantic. Oh, that's uh, true. They could have just put it on a post-it note, right? <laughs> right? Instead, they created the illusion of having included something of value, but it's, it's, it's not of any value. Yeah. Not even a QR code for people to scan if they want to bring up the data, right? That would be... At, here, here's a little post-it note with the QR code on it. That'll take you to the latest data, but no, nothing. Just... It might as well just say, do your own research on it. Good luck. Well, they're certainly not doing it for people. And sadly, that pharmacist, at least, is not doing it for themselves. So we were talking about China prior to this, COVID-19, all of this stuff. I mean, it's alarming that a pharmacist doesn't know anything about the vaccines or even how to readily provide a consumer with information on those vaccines. But one of the things that the governments have done, like China, throughout this pandemic is Lockdown economies. And this has had rippling consequences that we've been dealing with for more than two years now. Uh, Like here in New Hampshire, they only actually locked down for like two weeks. And it was a really weak lockdown on top of that. Yeah, they called it a stay at home. It wasn't called a lockdown. Like the bars and 
the restaurants, I think, were cl- some of the restaurants were closed. I'm not exactly sure, but they were takeout only. Yeah, that's and a lot of them were like, we're not making enough money to stay open, mm-hmm. so let's just close down for two weeks. But it was really minor. But those two weeks of being shut down are continuing to have an impact on the economy today with staffing shortages just everywhere that began during the lockdown, as far as I can tell. That's when everyone wanted to order takeout and delivery, and that's when no one wanted to work in takeout and delivery. Mm -hmm. And the issues have just been sort of compounding one another since then. And of course, now they're talking about, we may need to lock down again here in the United States. I don't see it happening Especially with Biden today saying, you know, there's no federal way out of this. Yeah, wasn't that an interesting development? I mean, he had, he who had a plan in 2020 when he was running for office to deal with COVID. Oh, of course he did. Because Trump had no plan, according to Biden. So he's got a plan. And now he's saying, nope, uh, my hands are off this. We're just going to let the states take care of it, which is fine. It's actually, you know, the best thing he could possibly say is, hey, you know, federalism, go for it, states. You guys do different things, try things differently, have at it. We're not going to interfere. I, I mean, that's essentially the libertarian position if you want to, you know, assign that to it. It's the most libertarian position we could have without abolishing the states. Right. Certainly. Yeah. Without him resigning the office and ending <laughs> the federal government for them to say, all right, we're just not going to tell you what to do. Of course, at the same time, they still have all these stupid rules as far as airlines and things like that. So it's not as though the federal government gang isn't completely hands off on this matter. And, you know, on that note He's with the saying. airlines, it, it's amazing to me how the media normalizes ideas to people, right? Like Fauci, I think it was Sunday, made a throwaway comment, spoke very briefly about, you know, it, there may come a time to, to seriously consider vaccine p- passports to get, on an, to get on an airplane or something to that effect. Yeah. And every single day, it wasn't even Sunday, it was sometime last week that he said this, every single day for the last few days on Drudge Report, it's had a new article about how Fauci is saying that this is going to happen. Or it needs to happen, or it should be considered. Today's is from MSN.com saying, Fauci says domestic travel vaccination rules should be considered. Yeah, they're floating it out there. And it just, the wording behind the headlines just gets stronger and stronger every single day when what he said wasn't really that big a deal. Mm. It wasn't like he's suggesting that we need to actually consider this. I think he's probably aware that the federal government wouldn't be able to get away with it. Why not? It would just shut down the airline industry, I would imagine. Well, it would certainly reduce their passenger load. Well, it would also increase their workload, and they already are canceling thousands of flights because they don't have any staff. You mean by having to check people's vaccine passports? Yeah. I don't know. It's just one more document to check at the the counter. I don't think it's going to increase it that much. 603-283-6160. When we come back, we're going to talk about the economy and how employers are trying to fix the job situation. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. Are you and Ian here in the studio tonight? Employers are having a difficult time finding employees. And at this point, as far as I can tell, they've tried every trick in the book, including offering benefits, 401ks, health insurance, 
wage increases and right. all of this other stuff. I can't imagine that a person starting at McDonald's right now, just that the one here in Keene, which is closed uh, at least one day a week. Still. And last time I looked, I, I don't know, it's yeah. been a few weeks since I paid any attention to it, but I think they were closing on Sundays previously. So this is a McDonald's. It used to be a yeah. 24 hours a day McDonald's. The gas station right two doors down from it, also a 24-hour gas station for the first time in the history of me living here in the last 15 years, was completely dark at least two of the nights that I drove by it just in the evening. Completely I, dark. I don't understand how it how it's happening. Yeah. But people aren't wanting to work for whatever reason. And of course, a lot of people got fired because they didn't want to be vaccinated. And I found an interesting story that we might get into at some point from MSNBC that is about that. Apparently, a lot of these red states, they have legislatures who are trying to create it so that if you get fired or you quit because you refuse to get the vaccine, you can still qualify for unemployment. Can you get unemployment if you quit? If you quit because you refuse to get vaccinated is what they're trying really? to make happen. Wow. In some states. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. Like I said, we may actually get into the article, may not, but employers have to do something to get people hired. And whatever it is they're doing doesn't seem to be working. So you have a story about their, how they're also easing job requirements in order to get people into the door. And the place at which I worked you know, a little over a month ago, they had people saying, look, we'll hire anybody who all they have to do is have a pulse at this point. Yeah, but will they hire a person if they're not willing to wear a mask? Mm, I don't know. Because they, they would have back then. Yeah, because that's uh, you know the, you're talking about a corporate store that is or a franchise, but it's still part of you know connected to this big corporation. And you'd said that the other night you walked by there or whatever, and you saw that everybody in the store had masks on. So yeah, it was really it was really sad, and it made, it's what made me realize, oh, this is why they're not calling me to pick up any of the shifts mm. from people call out or whatever, because so they know I'm going to go. Yeah, no, no, no thank you. There was a girl who I saw on social media saying that she wants to move to New Hampshire from Boston because she's sick of you know living in this insane city where now they're going to start having vaccination uh, requirements to go out, out and do things to go in you know in indoor spaces like restaurants and she works in the restaurant industry and she's looking into moving to New Hampshire looking for jobs in restaurants and I said hey don't worry you can throw a stone and hit a dozen businesses that want to hire I mean everybody's yeah. literally everybody is hiring up here and she came back with and she made a good point she said well i'm more interested in wearing, working for a place that doesn't want to require me to wear a mask and be vaccinated and that does make me wonder wh- when you're going around looking for a job when you pull that card out and say yeah i'm willing to work here but you know i'm not going to wear a mask are you still willing to hire me i wonder what that does to your you know your chances I mean, because literally everywhere is hiring so if you say that to enough people somebody's going to say yeah no problem you can work for me i think but like the question is, how many employers do you have to go through before you'll find one that is accepting? Well, luckily here in Keene, at least, we could point such a person to several businesses that would sure. not require them to wear masks. But in most places, you, sure, you'd have to... The more corporate, the more masky it's likely to be. Yeah, because at a certain point, they just become that pharmacist where they, they're just doing what they're paid to do. And right. that's all they know about it. It would be, A good indicator would be to walk down Main Street and see which stores have employees working who aren't wearing masks well yeah yeah that's obviously uh, something that would give you a good clue for i sure. imagine that's hard to find though because the the belgian place that i like so much i said recently it was dutch i don't know why i thought it was dutch it's belgian however 
they they are strongly against the mask mandates. They, we know the owner is because he yes. spoke at the mask mandate meeting against the mandates. And the restaurant actually posted something along those lines on Facebook publicly. Mm-hmm. So taking a stand against the mask. But the employees there are wearing masks. But that could just be the employees' choices, you know? It could be. And it may it might be that the employees are afraid because they mm. know that in theory they could receive a fine if they are given a warning and then a second warning, a verbal and then a written warning, and then it's a $100 fine, and and maybe they're just afraid. You know, they, they're worried some customer is going to call the police on them or something like that. I mean, really, yeah, but as we've seen, some of the police officers don't even want to enforce no, this nonsense. I suspect most of them don't. And the ones who do show up to enforce it don't seem to be particularly enthusiastic about it. And then you can always just say, yeah, no, I don't want to give you my name. And if you're not driving, you don't have to identify, as I well, understand it, okay, at least here driving, in New Hampshire. Yeah, if you're not driving, you don't have to identify. However, if you are being written a ticket, now, I don't know how this applies to warnings, but if a cop is writing you a ticket for something, they have to find they something have to, to know who ticket you, are. you over first, though. I know. I get, I get what you're saying, but they, they have to know who you are in order to write the ticket. And if you refuse to identify, they are authorized to take you into custody until they can determine who you are to write the ticket. So Would how, that apply here? That's I'm t- telling you about a... A rule that is right. applies here. Um, it, there's actually a local ordinance that you can actually be charged with for refusing to identify as well. So if and I and I don't know how that applies to warnings. So I know that's true for a ticket. I don't know if that is true for just issuing somebody a warning. So I think in theory, well, they have to write something down. Right. That's the thing. Is when you if you were to go to the Freekeen article at freekeen.com from I don't know a week ago when I posted the video of the hearing, the uh, the, the hearing on the mask mandate. I also included in that video the debate, if you will, between the city councilors at the final meeting where they voted for it ten to three and. It was in that meeting that the city manager named Elizabeth Dragon speaks up and says that, well, she's against the idea of ticketing individuals directly. She Why? That's to target. The- she wants to target the business owners because it's easier for the bureaucrats. It's also it- more effective. It was, yes. That way you have all of the businesses throughout Keene enforcing the mask mandate because theirs were the heads on the chopping block. Correct. Um, but the to the city councilor's credit, they don't deserve a lot, but at least they made it made the change to where it's the individuals that are being targeted. But her reasoning, the city manager's reasoning for not wanting to target individuals was because it was going to be harder to do, harder to enforce, because then they'd have to come up with like a database, which they don't have, right? Like there's not an app out there that exists to track who gets a verbal warning, who gets the written warning, okay, what step are we at with this process of so they're gonna have to come up with a spreadsheet and then you know the officer is going to have to identify the person presuming that they even bother to to go through these steps identify the person write down on the spreadsheet that you've got a written warning issued to the person then that way the next officer knows okay well you know jim jones he's been given the verbal warning so now we got to give him a written warning and what you were referring to was an experiment that was done over at the Mighty Moose Mart, which is a, a Liberty-owned business here in town, where they gave a guy a free lunch to hang around and wait for the cops as they called the police on him for not wearing a mask in the business. And uh, and the police officer told this guy, who was, uh, again, not allegedly not wearing a mask, said, 
well, do you want to give me your name so I can give you the warning? <laughs> and that is obviously an option, right? Like that officer just gave that person the option of saying no. But I you suspect, always have the option of saying no. You just may get arrested for it. That's what I'm saying. I suspect that that officer is using discretion on his ability to say, oh, well, you don't want to tell me who you are. Well, I can arrest you. We'll find out who you are and then give you a, ri- a verbal warning and release right. you. Well, uh, that- so they could do that, I think, but obviously they don't want to because they don't want to give somebody a, a, a warning in the first place. So that's why the officer's just like, okay, and turn around and you know left. Plus, if the officer did that, then he would be the first officer in the entire Keene police force who essentially arrested someone over not wearing a mask. Yeah, that's true. And none of them are going to want to be that guy. I think you're right. Or that girl. Yeah. So it'll be. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm not happy that there's a mask mandate, but no. I'm. I'm glad that it targets individuals rather than business owners because last time it was, it was very difficult to find places to go if you weren't willing to wear a mask in order to go there. This time it's nowhere nearly as bad. Yeah. You can pretty much go and do wherever you whatever you want. The places that were super ecstatic about the mask ordinance last time, like there's a burger place here that was all about it. They're still they're still going to be enforcing it, but most places, I suspect most business owners around here don't even know that the mask mandate has been put back in place. They have one of those giant traffic signs that light up with random mm-hmm. messages or whatever mm-hmm. as you come down Main Street saying mask ordinance in effect or something really? like that now. Wow. Well, no one knows well, it's happening. 70% of downtown businesses were pulled by a downtown business group and they oppose this mandate. So they do know that it exists and they're not happy about it. 603-283-6160 if you want to talk about this absurd mask mandate and the impossibility of trying to enforce it. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where, as always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. Whether you want to talk about the economy or coming up, as we want to talk about. An Oxford scholar evidently is alleging that Bitcoin is even worse than a Ponzi scheme. We're hopefully going to get into that and hopefully going to get into The Matrix because I actually watched the new Matrix movie last night and I found it to be quite enjoyable. I'd I'd like to discuss it a little bit. All right. Especially because it's led to a resurrection of people who just want to make absolutely sure that I know that The Matrix movies are all about being trans when they're not. Hmm. And 
I think it's sad how easily misinformation gets spread like that. But we also want to talk about employers and how they're lowering job requirements in order to get people in the door. We're curious to know whether or not one of those requirements that they're willing to lower is maybe you can take that mask off. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, you have to work in the back. But before we get back into that, we have Silent Silent Ox who is calling from Maine. Silent Ox, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, can hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I'm about to lose my job. So, is it because of a vaccine mandate or something like that? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm up in Maine. Okay, where do you work? Specifically, Jesus Christ, sorry. So, what do you work at? I'm smoking. I'm smoking a cigar, so it just hit me. So I'm gonna put it out. Um, you what? So, uh, so where do you work? Yeah, where do you work? I work in Scarborough. A cigar bar? Scarborough. Is there somebody else on the line? Yeah, that's very peculiar. Yeah. I'm sorry, 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 my girlfriend. Okay. Um, I work at Abbott Laboratories. Mm-hmm. And what is we that? We make the test. Oh, you make tests. Well, yeah, I mean, it would the figure that they test. would be following the rules uh, as closely as they possibly can. Uh, sorry to hear that, man. Uh, this is like a, a Maine requirement, right? Like, didn't the governor of Maine put in a mandate that said that all healthcare providers, healthcare related companies have to mandate the vaccine for all employees or no, fire? Them? No, no, they this did not put Joe that in. This is who now? Joe Biden mandate. Oh, okay. No, Janet Mills. Didn't that get, you know, put on hold or something like that? I thought that it, the... No, the court brought it back, I think. Oh, okay. Yes. But Abbott is also uh, FDA associated, so okay, that's coming into play. I mean, that's very unfortunate. I mean, all of this was telegraphed a long time ago. I'm really sorry to hear that you're going to lose your job there, Silent Ox. And I can't even say in this particular scenario that... Moving to New Hampshire would do you any good, but we all knew this was coming. We knew it was coming like 18 months ago. People had the opportunity then to resist something simple like the mask mandates, and they didn't. And then there were vaccines, and we knew that vaccine mandates were coming, and people had the opportunity to to resist that, and very few people did. And then we knew that the mask mandates were going to be returning, even though people were getting vaccinated. And people had the opportunity to resist that. It looks like they may finally be willing to some degree to actually offer up some amount of resistance. But no, the government has already learned it can force people to do these things. And it's going to. uh, According to WMTW.com, August 12th of this year, Governor Janet Mills of Maine issued a vaccine mandate for the state's health care workers. So... That did happen. Now, whether or not that applies to manufacturers of healthcare equipment, maybe it didn't. So maybe that particular mandate didn't apply to his business, and then the Biden mandate came along, and then they said, "All right, well, we have to do this." And it's it's sad, but what are you going to do? I guess you know, find better work, uh, strike out for yourself. You know, be, become an entrepreneur if you can. Otherwise, you got to look for another job, which sucks. And if you have to find another job, you may not be able to find one where you can work there without being vaccinated. It's a terrible situation, but, you know, I we all knew that it was coming. If you're libertarian, move to New Hampshire. 
Yeah, things are at least better here. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to work in healthcare or something like that, even here in New Hampshire, I believe, somehow you the have to be vaccinated. are doing it on their own volition here. So Is that not, why? There's oh. not a mandate from the government gang here. It's just... They're just, you know, showing how obedient they are in general and how they want to, you know. But that's the weird thing about New Hampshire. That's the weird thing about New Hampshire, right? Is that I'm cutting out. Quite I'm not a bit. hearing you cut out. Okay, that must be your the headphones. headphones okay, that's the weird thing about New Hampshire, though, is that all of the hospitals and stuff that at least I'm aware of require people. I mean, they're, they're parts of the state, aren't they? Aren't no. they, like, heavily state-funded or something? I mean, they, it, all hospitals get money from the state. I mean, they get a ton of money from Medicare or Medicaid or whatever, you know, federal government. I'm sure there's local state money that goes to hospitals as well. But ultimately, they are, quote-unquote, private hospitals. It's just that they want to indicate, they want to signal to uh, people out there that they're, they're mm. concerned about people's health. Like, so they have to show... Uh, they're they're signaling, and so that's what they're doing, and I'm sure. Excellent point. We also have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Sarah. Um. Yes. Um. Oh, how am I? How am I coming? Am I off the speakerphone? Can you hear me? Pretty you sound well? fine. Yes. I. So our city, they want to try a new signal light, and I have never heard of this kind of signal light. So I'm still trying to figure out what they mean. But it seems like all of them, they're going to get the red light as they're speeding into the intersection. It will only turn green if they're um, maintaining the speed limit. So that I guess they run the red light when they Mm. can't stop when it turns red. So that's what they're trying to prevent. This sounds like a terrible idea. Like if someone's speeding, it's going to be very dangerous for them to screech to a halt because the light has turned red. Well, I, I, that's the what I'm trying to figure out. I think it's a, so that it registers your speed enter, going in, entering the maybe a, I don't know when they're going to register you and whether they want to turn it green or red, the the sensor, the computer is going to decide. Now, where, so where did you hear per- about this? You're saying this is coming to Albuquerque or that you want it to come to Albuquerque? No, they, they want to implement it. So it was announced on the radio news and it was uh, announced on the TV news. So they want to implement, they want to give this a try. So I have, this is a very new intersection and it, it sounds okay until we find out what the problems are, but it sounds okay. The problem is that I used to drive, believe it or not, and um, wow. when it was the green, I never knew it was the beginning of the green, middle of the green, or at the end of the green. And if I knew how many, what green I had, I could figure out what speed to maintain. You can generally assess that sort of thing based on the amount of traffic that is in front of you. At yeah, the intersection. But, but it's, it's very hard because people always wind up running the red light without wanting to. They don't want to. They didn't even know they'd run a red light. All of a sudden, uh, it just went from yellow. No, 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 no sir. They, they wanted red. to. I mean, those people who pull out into the middle of the intersection in order to make their left turn, they, they know they're running a red light, but everyone does it, so they don't care. So, I mean, they know they're doing it. They just don't care. Well, if you pull out into the intersection, you're not technically running the red light because you're already out in the intersection. 
is that is that why no one ever gets pulled over for doing it? I, I, my, that's my guess. Okay. I mean, you've you've intended to turn. You're already in the process, basically, of turning. It's just that you're waiting until the you know the yellow tr- triggers people to stop coming before you have the ability to to actually turn. Ah, uh, yes, but you're past the white line at that point. That's right. So you may get pulled over for that because you didn't stop yeah, at the white well, line. Oh, well. here. Well, over here in Albuquerque, it means yellow means to step on the gas and speed up even more. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. you, you guys up in New Hampshire, it means slow down because somebody want to turn the left. Left no, turn. yellow always means speed up so you can get through the intersection everywhere you go, Sarah. Albuquerque isn't any different. And this technology apparently has been around for a little while. I was just looking it up, and according to Roadshow over at CNET.com, in an article written a decade ago, May of 2011, next-gen traffic lights will turn red if you're speeding. So, Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. It sounds like a terrible idea to me. You wouldn't want to intentionally slow down and stop the people who are actively speeding because they're less likely to be able to brake in time in order to actually catch said red light. And then they just fly out into the intersection and they hit... Well, Some poor pedestrian. Who knows how far down the road they're triggering, you know, the speed check. Who, I don't know. True. What are your thoughts on this? Sounds to me like a bad idea. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And we've been talking about Bitcoin for years here on the show. And if you still don't know what that is, head on over to Bitcoin.com to get started learning about cryptocurrency. All you have to do is take a few minutes out of your day to click Getting Started. Watch a couple of videos and learn about this important world-changing information that, according to this Oxford scholar who is totally important and knows exactly what he's talking about... That's sarcasm, by the way. Bitcoin could just be worse than a Ponzi scheme. Learn why that isn't true at Bitcoin.com. But if you already know that's just nonsense being peddled by the establishment, news.bitcoin.com can help you stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All of that and more on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website, including, evidently, the ability to acquire Bitcoin if you want. All of that and more, Bitcoin.com. We now have Richard on the line from New Mexico. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you there, Richard? Yes, thank you for taking my call. I had you people on speaker. Uh, January 1st, our Albuquerque bus system is going free rides for everybody. And I called into a radio talk show here in Albuquerque yesterday afternoon after I talked to a few bus drivers the last few days, and we have a real bad homeless people population here in Albuquerque, and a lot of people are calling into local radio talk shows. They're concerned about all the homeless people that are going to be taking advantage of the free bus rides. Mm-hmm. I want to interrupt just one quick second, Richard, to say thank you. I appreciate that you refer to homeless people as homeless people and not, quote, the homeless. <laughs> because that's always bothered me because homeless is an adjective, not not a person. It, it, hmm. It's like calling someone yeah. a, a trans or a gay or something <laughs> like that, right? It, or you're not a homeless, you're a homeless person. I think the, the person thing is important. And I appreciate that you're, you know, referring to them as human beings. 
Oh, definitely. Uh, I was homeless 18 years ago in Austin, Texas, but uh, that's a whole nother story. I'm a decorated Vietnam veteran, and I managed to get on a uh, veterans program to get homeless veterans off of the street. And uh, a lot of people here in Albuquerque are calling in with their concerns about how many homeless people are going to be riding on the buses all day long. What and are your thoughts also, on that? Does it concern you? Uh, not since I was homeless myself. I get along with homeless people still quite well. I understand their problems, but... Uh, well, you do bring up an interesting point. Like when I'm, this is I've never heard of this pro- proposal before. And according to KOB, which is a news site out there in in Albuquerque, uh, it is one of the largest cities in the nation to pilot a zero fare program. So there may be some other places where this is going on, but certainly the first time I've heard about it. Uh, I mean, gov- generally government buses are losers, meaning they lose money. They are constantly operating in the red, uh, regardless of whatever it is the fares are. So, you know, is it really going to make that big of a difference to get rid of the fares as far as the amount of money the government is spending on this? I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I, I suspect it won't make a huge amount of difference. But on the other hand, you do bring up a, an interesting point, Richard. It's like, okay, if there's no fare then what's to prevent the homeless people who literally have nothing else to do to just sit on a bus all day long and <laughs> drive around the city I'm all not sure. day long? I'm not sure what value there would be in preventing that. Well, I mean, if it is too popular, then it would make it so somebody who does actually have to go somewhere uh, won't be able to get on the bus and go there. And I, I don't think it would become that much of a problem, but it is an interesting objection to it. Well, thank you so much. Do you have another thought on that, Richard? Well, yes. uh, A lot of the homeless people get on buses now, and you wonder when was the last time they had a bath or shower for their hygiene. And uh, also, a lot of the homeless people have mental problems, and quite a few of them have uh, problems with bus drivers and other passengers on the buses already. Well, right, so, because they're crazy. So they, uh, you know, not all of them, right? Like some homeless people are not crazy. But right. if you're a homeless person, you probably have a higher propensity of being crazy. And so, you, you know, that is going to result in problems. That's going to result in fights on the bus. It's going to result in, there was a recent video of somebody showing a, a bus lunatic with like a flamethrower. Uh, oh my God. Not an actual like proper flamethrower, but like, you know, an aerosol can and a lighter just tor- trying to torch people or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's Jesus. <laughs> you never know what kind of crazies you're going to run into uh, to on the, you know, the city bus. So thanks, Richard, for bringing the, the story up. And apparently the city council there in Albuquerque you know, uh, voted unanimously to do what is a 12-month zero-fare pilot program. So, I mean, I presume that if a homeless person gets on a bus and just sits there for the entire loop, right? Because, you know, the buses go in a certain uh, loop. Each one of them has a certain course that they go on. I would presume that at some point the bus driver ha- should say, all right, Jim, you know, you you got to get off the bus at some point. You can't just stay here all day. Obviously, they're going to have to get off unless they just start peeing in the bus. They will have to get off for that reason at, at some point. So it's an 
it's an interesting experiment. I, as a uh, as a libertarian, I don't support government buses at all. I don't think they should exist. I think that you right. know, let the marketplace come up with solutions. And there are compassionate organizations that would provide transportation for homeless people in the same way that they provide transportation for the elderly, for instance, to get from you know a nursing home to a doctor's appointment or something like that. So there are charitable organizations out there that could handle these sorts of things. We don't need all of this to be subsidized by the taxpayers of Albuquerque or wherever. No, but if they're going to have a public transit system, it seems like it should at at minimum be free to use. Yeah, I mean it does create problems as somebody who has ridden a, you know, public transport before. I actually don't uh, think I ever have, so I used to ride the uh, the embarrassingly named scat bus in uh, in <laughs> sarasota florida back when i was a kid a lot and you know if you don't have the exact change or whatever then you're not getting on the bus now they of course later added uh the machines that'll take a dollar or whatever but there there's always somebody that doesn't have the the change and so what would like if the bus fare was 35 cents or whatever and you had a dollar Obviously, you wouldn't get change back, but would they even take your dollar? Would they say, no, it has to be exactly 35 cents? I think they would make change for you. I think the machine could make change, but honestly, it's been so long since I've ridden a bus, I, I don't recall. Okay. Um, but they did ultimately end up accepting dollars. So, they, but there's always somebody that's got they don't have the uh, the change, and usually somebody's on the bus who's got an extra quarter or whatever. They step up and and put it in, and you know, pay it forward and and get somebody on. So it usually isn't that big of a problem, but. There are there are some difficulties that people encounter with uh, having to pay for bus fare. I would be interested to know whether or not Albuquerque has some sort of stipulation within this agreement that allows a bus driver to tell a passenger, "Hey, no, we're we've come all full circle. We're back to where we started. And you have you to go. Yeah, you have to get off the bus <laughs> at this point. Right. I don't know. And you know that sort of thing can definitely lead to altercations, especially with some of these homeless people who, as everyone knows, some of them can be. Fairly disturbed mentally. 603-283-6160. You can weigh in with your thoughts on eliminating fares on public transportation. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live where you too can share your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And we're raising funds with Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. This way, you don't have to worry about some distant aid organization sitting around thinking, oh, we, th- we think the people in Bumet County could really use 20... 20- 20 pallets full of canned corn or whatever it is that these aid organizations typically give. Mm-hmm. In the past decade, Give Directly has delivered more than $400 million to more than a million people. And we're matching your donations to Give Directly. Well, if you use our link, at least, if yeah. you lose, use our particular fundraiser, you can find that at give.freetalklive.com. And again, there's no better way to help families that are actually living in extreme poverty than by giving them cash so that they can fuel the changes in their lives that they need, like nutrition, health, education, all of these things that we take for granted here in the West. Give Directly allows you to give them cash to actually pursue those things that they need and that will improve their lives. That's give.freetalklive.com. We have Bad Slave on the line from here in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Don't decide to go blow through the light anyway, right? Are you talking to us? I don't know if he is or not. Bad Slave, are you there? 
Yeah. Okay. Hang on. I'll call back. Hello. <laughs> Sorry about that. A, a second call came in. Yeah, okay. Are you there? Yeah. It, yeah, we're here. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Great. I, you know, Sarah with her, you know, love of uh, of uh, law enforcement. It does, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting that you all were, were asking her, is there any laws that you think are not so good? And this was on last she, night's show that you're talking about. Right, right. She, she hardly ever really answers. She, she right. finds a way of, uh, of skirting the question. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I can just see unintended consequences for these, uh, uh, traffic light arrangements where they're going to interfere with uh, the speeders, you know. You're referring if, to the traffic if, lights that will turn red if they detect someone traveling over the speed limit. Right. And it, and it has to be, you know, uh, a sensor that's quite a bit a ways away right. so that you, you still have time to stop. Well, yeah, they I still have imagine. to put the yellow on. And that takes some seconds, right? So, I guess the incentive oh, yeah. here is to make people who are in a hurry slow down so that they're disincentivized from speeding because it's going to just make them have to sit at a red light. That's the intention. Yep. How is this going to affect and, cops, though? Because cops speed all the time, especially <laughs> when their lights are on, right? Yeah. Well, the sensors won't the know the difference. The other thing is that, that people are going to realize that that's the way it works. They'll learn and where then, that sensor is, and they'll slow down for sure. And they may speed back you know, up afterward. Well, I'm just saying, though. Yeah, they're going to uh, they're they're going to know that the the light is changing, not because there's other traffic, you know, with, particularly at low traffic times, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and they'll go ahead and uh, you know blow through it because they'll know there's nobody there. Maybe they will. I don't know. I think you're giving them too much Going credit. Going straight through a red light is a bit risky. I, I think you're giving dr- other drivers too much no, credit. I'm, I'm, I'm saying in the case where you actually see that there's no uh, no traffic. I mean, you know, the depending on you know what's around. I, sometimes it's just a light and you know cross street. And I got to no, tell you though, uh, man, I hit a no. number of red lights on my ride home from the show every single night, and some of them have just turned red for me. I mean, meaning they were just green for the lane that I'm in, and I know I'm going to be sitting there for a minute or two. I can look, I can see, man, there's no traffic around. But even when I wasn't right. on pre-release conditions, I wasn't just going to go mm-hmm. and ignore right. the red light you because just want to look around and make sure. Cops are everywhere, right? And they will absolutely well, pull you over for just barreling through a red light. And one and one bail condition they always have is that you have to obey the laws. Yep, can't yep. even commit a violation on bail. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, the, there's a lot of people that are not on bail conditions. Not not as many as we'd like, but still. Well, thank yeah, you so much thanks. for the call tonight, Bad Slave. I'm, I'm still not convinced that running a red light is ever really worth it. I mean, you're going to end up with a, with a ticket, most likely. I mean, a cop can see you running a red light from a pretty far distance. Just I can't a, tell you how many times I've done it, but I always stop and look first. And then well, there are some red lights that are certainly easier than others. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. If I can't see, then I won't go. Yeah. Um, but if if I can clearly see, there's no one coming. I'm going.
And the only actual red lights that are between here and my house are like on the highway. Mm-hmm. So there's likely a state trooper or King PD sitting around. So generally I've turned on that highway many times. Really? Red. Yep. Wow. Yeah. There's no one around. I know, man, but <laughs> it's, cops it's love Hampshire. hanging out there. I don't know. I well, you've been here longer it. than I. Yeah, I barely see cops around. But before we got into all of the Sarah obsession over traffic and all of that sort of thing and red lights, we were talking about employers. Now, you also have a story about companies hiring unvaxxed workers, that meaning people who have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. Correct. And presumably showing, I mean, they need employees at this point. That's right. So has it gotten to the point where they're like, look, we'll hire you whether you're vaccinated or not? Some companies. That's good to hear then. So you have a story about that? Companies, according to the New York Post, uh, have turned to recruiting unvaccinated workers in the latest effort to combat the nationwide labor shortage that's preventing companies from bouncing back from the depths of the pandemic. J.P. Valadez, a worker at NextGen Code Company in Lubbock, Texas, launched a website called NoVaxMandate.org, an online job board to help connect unvaccinated workers with uh, you know, companies, presumably, that will hire them. Since the site's launch in August, it has drawn more than 2.25 million unique visitors, and over 20,000 resumes have been posted, according to Valadez. The site recently had about 500 active listings, and this story is a few weeks old at this point. Uh, Quote, we're also seeing a massive migration from corporations to smaller businesses. As we were discussing, uh, I think, a few segments ago with uh, some folks from Maine, the guy just lost his job. It's like, well... You know, if, you, if you're looking for work and you want more flexibility, you're going to have to look outside of the mega corporations because the bigger the company, the more obedient they're going to be to the government, the less flexible that they're going to be. Yeah, you can expect the McDonald's or something like that to be willing to, you know, take on the federal government. They just want their employees to do what their employees are told. So it's really cool that there's an entire sort of a monster or Indeed or whatever people are using to find jobs these days that is... Seeking to connect people who need employees to people who want to work. Novaxmandate.org. I've not been there to uh, to check it out, but yeah, that's exactly what people need. It sort of reminds me of there was another website, and again, I don't remember what it was, uh, which was listing businesses that weren't requiring people to have a mask on. Oh, that's right. There was. It was like a map, and you know, you could put in your area and see where you could go that's not going to give you a hassle. And you know what? That's great. It's the market taking action and saying look you know if you're being discriminated against based on your medical preferences then you can just go over here or over there and then the right businesses get the business that's great and that's a really good way of handling it i hate all of the yelp bombing and stuff like that that's been going on as a result of these mask mandates and whether or not you mean where people will will talk trash about a business for not requiring x y or z yeah and encouraging other people to do it like they'll Mm -hmm. post on facebook hey this restaurant isn't requiring people to wear a mask go and give them a bad review on yelp dude you haven't eaten there oh yeah it's awful if you Uh, that's an awful thing to do yes If you haven't eaten at a place and don't have an actual customer experience with them to rate them on, don't rate them. That's fraud. That is fraud. Yeah. Probably not pursuable, but no. you are claiming to have eaten at a place. Just don't go there but if it bothers pe- you. That's what people, the point of the Yelp review is for. Yeah, these people who are doing those sorts of things, they just don't care. They don't mind being fraudulent. They don't mind spitting in somebody's face. Uh, they really do, a lot of them, don't even look at us as humans. I've seen posts like that online of people saying... I don't think they're even humans anymore. Seriously. I believe it. I mean, we were called manslaughterers yeah. more than two, almost two years ago at this point. 
Coming up, we're going to talk about The Matrix, though, and how TikTok seems to be screwing teens up, or teens are getting screwed up because of TikTok. It's Free Talk Live, where you can join the show, talk about whatever is important to you, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And our YouTube chat is still just blowing up with haters, and it's still disappointing because I'm I'm shocked we're still on YouTube. They're regularly kicking us, kicking us off, suspending us. We've been suspend, sp- yeah, suspended from Twitch in the past, and I don't think DLive has ever suspended us, but ultimately... There was a, an issue that we had with them at one time. Okay. Ultimately, all of these platforms will suspend us, except Odyssey. You can find our channel there at video.freetalklive.com. There, they only censor people for like pornography and stuff like that that you're not going to find here on Free Talk Live. So, it's not an issue there. Even when we did the Topless Wednesdays episodes with... Uh, an all-female cast. They Odyssey didn't really have anything to say about it. The hey, can you can you not make the thumbnail topless girls? That sucks because that's kind of the point to get people to click it. But I can understand where they're coming from. At least yeah. you know some people are just trying to browse content at work, right. and they don't need their boss to walk by and see you know topless girls. Okay, fair point. But video.freetalklive.com is where you can find our channel, and even if. For whatever reason, Odyssey does kick us off there. It's not really going to affect things because we're still on Library, which is the decentralized blockchain-based protocol that Odyssey is built on. If you really want to get all into it, check out Library. That's L-B-R-Y. It's an awesome application allowing you to actually share content directly with others. All of that and more, video.freetalklive.com will take you directly there. Was there more about this story from companies and unvaccinated workers? Other no, I, than, I mean, we kind of made the point that there's a website, no vax yeah. mandate, I think. It's a neat that, little website. Oh, you checked it out? No. No. Okay. But it, I mean, it sounds like a neat little website. Gotcha. Sorry. I mean, it, it's, it's fulfilling a need that both employers and employees have. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Uh, the other story was from the Wall Street Journal, just about how requirements are loosening up. It used to be a real process, you know, before COVID to try to get a job. There was the application, and then there was the forms, and then there's the tests, and then there's the, you know, all kinds of hoop jumping to uh, to get hired at even just you know the most basic corporations like Walmart. I mean, if they really but- wanted to hire people, cutting the training sessions would probably be a more efficient way of doing it. Well, now, uh, beauty product retailer The Body Shop is dropping any educational requirements that they had and background checks for job applicants. You, uh, That's U- impressive. Yeah, UPS is making some job offers in as little as 10 minutes, and CVS no longer requires college graduates to submit their grades. In a labor market where job openings outnumber applicants, co- companies are brainstorming how to get more candidates in the door and to the floor. The hiring over- overhaul signifies a potentially broad rethink of job qualifications, a change that could help millions of people enter jobs that were previously out of reach, according to economists. Sounds like a positive development. Yeah, and then they talk about the unemployment rate uh, that has fallen ostensibly. But, of course, we know that the unemployment rate doesn't include people that aren't looking for a job they have to be doing something else to muddy the numbers at this point because the the number of help wanted signs is not going down no it's not so how could unemployment possibly be going down 
well, the numbers are being muddied because the unemployment numbers don't include people who aren't looking for work. So there's but a they bunch didn't of people include that there. like two years ago, right? That's right. So, but there's a bunch of there are more people now who are not okay. looking for work, right? So two years ago, people were still looking for work when they were on when they were you know without a job. Now they're just taking welfare, I guess. It's still not really clear what all these people are doing, given that some of the welfare has been cut off in a lot of places. And as I understand, New Hampshire is one of those ones that did not extend the right. unemployment welfare benefits, but yet there's still hiring signs everywhere. And New I, Hampshire has like one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country, even now, where it's something like 2.4% or something like that. It that is, they, yeah, 2.7 or something like that, yeah. Did, was there a mass exodus out of New Hampshire or something no, that no New one Hampshire knows has, about? has gained numbers. There was a recent... Published uh, published list of all the states and how many people have moved there. I, I don't know if it was in the last year or the last two years, but it was Florida and Texas, of course, were the two biggies as far as migrants were concerned. That's good. That's uh, a good place for conservatives to go. Yeah, and then uh, California, and New York were the two losers. They were the ones losing the most people. And Not New surprising. Hampshire was, was in the positives. It was in like I think it was like thirteen thousand people and change moved to New Hampshire. I wonder how many of those were free staters. It had to be a fair number. But yeah. there's something weird going on with the unemployment rates. And I mean, that's obvious if you just take a stroll down any main street throughout the United States and you think, oh, yeah, they're saying the unemployment is the same now as it was, you know, three years ago when all of these places didn't have help wanted signs. Something's off. A lot has changed, they say, since the aftermath of the 2008-09 recession when high unemployment and a flood of applicants provided companies with their pick of candidates. Yeah, that now was, the opposite is true. Right. Many employers raise job qualifications, for instance, asking for bachelor's degrees for IT help desk jobs and construction supervisors, work historically held by high school graduates. Some bumped up minimum work experience requirements. And new data from the la- labor market analy- analytics firm EMSI Burning Glass and the conference board, a private research group, suggests that 1.4 million jobs will open to people without college degrees in the next five years if employers continue to lower educational requirements at the current rate. In January of 2019, 42% of employment ads for insurance sales agents required a bachelor's degree, according to data. As of September of this year, only 26% of those same av- uh, applications or requirements had the same uh, See, mandate. I-, I love this because unemployment, when you think about it, all it really means is that there are more workers than we have jobs, right? That's essentially what it means. So some people have to be unemployed, which means if a person wants that job, they have to compete with other unemployed people in order to get it. Theoretically. But if under if unemployment is a thing, then overemployment must also be a thing where there are too many jobs and not enough workers, in which case it, the whole situation, the power dynamic becomes inverted and you have employers and companies competing with each other in order right. to get workers. Yeah, there's the never minimum, been a better time to be a worker. No. And the minimum wage is always the reason that I have... That I've, well, that's, this has always been the reason that I oppose the minimum wage because it creates this price floor... On the value of labor, which means you're going to end up with a surplus of labor, mm-hmm. a surplus of employees relative to the number of jobs there are. You're going to end up with un- unemployment by definition as a result of the price floor that is mm-hmm. the minimum wage. So instead of abolishing that, which also would have solved the problem, we have this whatever economic situation is being created that is causing employees to be like, hey, look, yeah, we have to offer these people more and we have to lower our standards on what these people are. 
Employers it's a wonderful thing. And economists are divided over whether the changes are temporary. The vice president of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, says when you have a labor market like this, it's not uncommon for employers to start relaxing hiring requirements. When the market tightens up and they can reintroduce some of those requirements, that tends to happen, he said. But on the other hand, a shrinking American workforce could recast hiring practices. The U.S. labor force has declined by millions since the COVID-19 pandemic, and some economists say workforce participation rates will never return to pre-pandemic levels. At the same time, more employers have reconsidered the value of college degree requirements focused in Instead, on skill-based hiring. And if that's one of the things that comes out of this, I think that's fantastic. Because college has been historically a complete waste of time, at least in my lifetime. And at least for most people, unless you want to become a doctor or a lawyer, in which case you have to have a degree. But for the average person, going through college is just a money sink. It's a way for them to get into debt slavery and a way for them to be controlled by the man because of that debt slavery as soon as they get out of school. And many of whom uh, don't actually end up with jobs in their protect, you know, their the the uh, degree that they received. So it's a complete waste in that. Particular it is. Case. I mean, I have I have a degree in IT, and what I do now has almost nothing to do with IT. It's been yeah. useful. To have that degree in IT, but ultimately nothing. You could have gotten a certification and yeah. it, still been it, It's as equivalent good. to an A-plus certification, yeah. probably. But, I mean, really, the skills that I always needed in order to do IT or the skills that I need in order to do this, they're really no more involved or extensive than what your average gaming enthusiast is going to pick up just mm. because they want to build their own gaming PC or forward a port for their own server or whatever. So... Hiring people based off skills, I would prefer there be certification systems as well, because all of these, it's not important whether or not you spent eight years learning it. It's far more important whether or not you can actually do the thing that you're claiming to have spent a bunch of time learning. Now, companies absorbing workers with little experience may have to spend more time on training, and some of the newly hired may find they don't like the work. Yet in the tight labor market, businesses already struggling with employee turnover may have little choice. And again, if you don't like your job, there's no better time to take a walk than right now. Right then, yep, and people are doing it. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people that paycheck to paycheck, and they feel like they can't leave their jobs because, well, it used to be hard to find other work. Now that's not the case. Now it's super easy. If you want to go line up that other job before you quit the current job, you can do it. And ghost your employer. There's no reason not to. They're going to be upset about it. But think about the last time that you applied to a place. They said, we promise we'll call you and let you know next week. And then they never do. So don't feel bad about ghosting your employer. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, talking about COVID-19 and what employers are having to do in order to actually acquire employees. They need bodies. They need people willing to work for them. And they need a large a large pool of candidates from which to choose their employees. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on that or talk about whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight is Aria and Ian. And Ian, you said it goes into some examples of just how drastically they've lowered some of their standards. Of course, some of the stuff we were talking about was like, okay, we're going to reduce it from like a bachelor's degree to maybe just an associate's or... No, a lot of them are absolutely getting rid of college requirements. 
Yeah, and a I, lot of places. I love that idea. Being a college graduate, who like you, it's been totally useless to me throughout. Other than the one time that I was able to use my college degree to get my foot in a door at an mm-hmm. IT firm, it's never been useful to me. And nothing I learned there has ever been useful. And now it's less useful than it's ever been. Uh, in fact, uh, CVS, according to the story over at Wall Street Journal, scrapped requirements for even a high school diploma or the equivalent for most entry-level roles. The And that's always something you could lie about if you were on a job application because they never check. Yeah, they're not going to check to see whether or not you have an whether or not you graduated high school. Yeah, no a lot of these that. places don't actually check to see whether you went to the college that you claim to have gone to. And that's why a lot of these sex offenders and stuff like that end up getting hired as school teachers without any qualifications. The company also no longer requires grade point averages when recruiting college students. The VP of Talent Acquisition at CBS likened their recruiting approach to that of a NASCAR team, stripping out every unnecessary element that slows down the race car. He says if it's not needed, you cut it out. The company found that a higher grade point average, here's a shocker, didn't always equate to better job performance. So why are we using it, he said. So now they're not. CVS in recent years also expanded its use of virtual job tryouts for customer-facing roles. Now, I don't know what that means. Uh, is that like VR or something? Is it like the job simulator uh, on VR? The aim of the role-playing exercise is to give entry-level applicants a realistic view of the work and to let hiring managers assess their aptitude, and that made it easier to cut the high school education requirement. He said... Oh, so they would like... They would have a Zoom meeting and they would role-play having maybe. a customer service experience or what something. What do you do if you see customer do this maybe yeah maybe that was what it was he says if you can pass the virtual job tryout then why isn't that good enough he says it is good enough going on darden restaurants which is the owner of olive garden and some other companies uh rolled out a new tool to allow people to apply for a job and schedule an interview at a restaurant within five minutes waste management incorporated retooled their job application for truck drivers and others and now takes three minutes to fill out instead of what it used to be as long as an hour oh thank god i mean this is a positive development i've applied for some jobs throughout my life and having to fill out the 70 question uh personality questionnaire they want to see how obedient you are yeah that crap had to go man because It shouldn't take more. And then you'd have to attach your resume and then give them all the data that is listed there on your resume and 10 years of work history. It's just completely obnoxious. Now it's can you fog a mirror? All right, you're hired. The goal is to prevent potential hires from walking away, right? Like if it's too long of an application... People are just going to say, screw this. I can go work over here for you know, get the job right away. Quote, if an application gets complicated or complex, they drop it. They're not interested, said the vice president of talent development at Waste Management. Southwest Airlines is making on-the-spot offers for ramp workers and other positions. Chief Executive Gary Kelly said on a call with analysts the company had turned to hiring new hiring techniques, looking to hire thousands of people this fall and thousands more next year. At UPS, human resources executives realized months ago the company would need to streamline hiring practices if they hope to bring on more holiday workers. And after study, UPS eliminated job application questions and hiring steps unless they were required for payroll purposes and government audits, according to their hiring guy. To broaden the applicant pool, they eliminated extended questions about the applicant's employment history. So they got rid of that. Well, thank goodness, because you don't need to know where I worked 10 years ago to know whether or not I'm qualified to work at Walmart or McDonald's or CVS or wherever.
Human Resources executives tallied the number of trips job seekers made to company buildings before landing an offer seeking another way to lower the hiring hurdles. A two-week process for seasonal workers at UPS now now takes less than 30 minutes in certain cases. For some jobs, such as a driver-helper, there's no interview at all. Applicants answer online questions and can get a conditional job offer in as little as 10 minutes. Successful applicants hear from a UPS employee after they pass the online screening. They're welcome to UPS and told where to report for work. Their uh, hiring guy says, quote, in the market that we're in, if you don't make a job offer to someone somewhat quickly, someone else will. These are all positive developments. Uh, a two-week interview period or application period. Just for a seasonal job. Yeah, for a seasonal job at UPS. But that is insane. Yeah. Now, they are a union shop at UPS, so who knows what you know that brings sure. into the picture. Still, it's good to see a lot of these restrictions going away. Yeah. Uh, the workplace history one's definitely ones that needed to go. The 70 to 100 question personality questionnaire. I really hope that's gone as well because... That is always the worst, man. And some of them present you with choices that are just absolutely ridiculous and there's no good answer. And some of them are getting rid of drug testing, which is a huge change to get rid of that. I mean, that seems like a no-brainer, right? People, it does, but it's one drug of those, addicts need money to buy drugs. Well, but it's one of those things that's been just kind of around for decades. Like mm. you know, the war on drugs was going hot and heavy, and corporations had to show the government how you know they're playing their part to keep drug users from actually having meaningful you know work and employment. Uh, and so these, these things have been around forever. They're just costly. To companies, it costs money to, yeah. to to do drug tests on potential applicants. The applicant doesn't pay the fee for that, and it just takes more time and gets in the way. And you, you're cutting out a, a bunch of potentially productive individuals. Just because someone tests positive for a drug doesn't mean that they're a drug addict. It just means Very that true. they've used it at some point. And I... I have no issue, you know, with with coworkers or employees or whatever who they like doing coke on yeah. weekends. Okay, cool. It's your weekend. Do what you want. Hey, just don't do. All you got to do is say, "Look, we don't care what you do at home. Yeah. Just don't do a drug before you get on the forklift." You know that kind of thing, right? It's, it seems like common sense, but employees. I mean, employers are finally figuring out some of this stuff. It would seem it's it's a little too late for a lot of them, but they still need bodies, so they're yeah. going to do what they can to get those bodies in the door. Well, it's interesting that, it, you know, just again, it's competition that is making yes. this happen. These people are competing for employees, they're competing for workers, and that is what is leading to this constant reassessment of, okay, how can we make this process better? How can we make it smoother? How can we make it more friendly for the applicants? We want to be the easiest hire in the town because that's how desperate they are. And I'm thrilled to see it, and I'm thrilled to see that, you know, potential employees, they have these options in front of them where, okay, I've applied to these seven different jobs. All of them want to hire me. Which one am I going to actually take? Yeah, that's a nice feeling. Because it's not just a matter of being the first one to offer the job at this point. You also have to offer the be- the best the job. The best deal. And, yeah, the best deal. And not all of them are going to be able to do that, but yeah. the employees finally can say, hey, look. Yeah, I I want this job. And they look at these other six employees that offered them jobs and they think, you know what? I'm not going to call them and let them know I've taken another job because they don't deserve it. You know, and this is also a kind of a sink or swim situation, right? Like if if you can't find enough people to work, you can't open your doors and you're going to go out of business. So this is a critical task for these companies. And if they can't compete, they're done for. Well, they more than likely they they can compete. The question is whether or not they're going to choose to. 
or whether they're just going to well, throw their arms. they don't, what are they going to do when no one shows up to work? I mean, the uh, 24-hour, one of the 24-hour gas stations in town, not the one that was closed that I'd never seen closed before, but I think you told me it was uh, Cumbies. That, uh, no, maybe it wasn't. It was I've never seen Cumbies closed. They, they stopped being 24 hours. Really? Now, maybe they're back to it. I don't know. But the, according to um, a mutual friend of ours, he said that four of the employees had to, you know, they got sick or they were, for whatever reason, not able to go to work, and they just didn't have the people. I so mean, they had to stop being 24 hours. That's what a lot of these places have done. A lot of these restaurants close early because they just don't have the people to, to stay it open sucks. or the people who are there are just exhausted. They're cutting hours. They need more bodies. And this seems like the best way of getting them, lowering their standards a bit and yeah. allowing finally a system where employees are able to choose the job that suits them rather than the other way around. And hopefully they can come to some sort of mutually beneficial arrangement Rather than this more parasitic one we've seen from employers in the last few decades. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And I want to say thank you to Matthew, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Matthew is a member of the new AMPS program. That's our new Patreon. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like the show, you may consider doing what Matthew here has done and sign up for our Patreon over at amps.freetalklive.com. It does come with a number of cool little perks, but really the reason you join is because you like the show and you want to show your support. That's the best way to do it. amps.freetalklive.com. Now, I wanted to get into it a bit last night, and we didn't because we had a lot of interesting callers to get to, but there is this huge narrative that's being just put forward everywhere I turn about how the Matrix movies are allegories for being trans. Like, I found this on MSNBC yesterday, and it's still there as their little clickbait headline part of it is, let me, what transgender viewers always knew about that red pill in the Matrix. So obviously, as I, a trans person who has seen the Matrix, when I see that headline, I think, okay, well, I must... I must know this then, right? So I decided to put that to the test and rewatch the Matrix movies, and mm-hmm. we talked about that a bit last night. We did, yeah. And there's there's no evidence whatsoever that either of the Wachowski sisters have ever said that the movies are about being trans. Despite all the headlines proclaiming that they have. Yes, that's been the issue. And we've seen this countless times throughout the years here on Free Talk Live of a clickbait headline that doesn't actually have anything that doesn't actually sometimes is the opposite of what is said in the article. Yes, yeah. and that's it's not exactly the opposite that's said here, but in reality what Lily Wachowski says, one of the two Wachowski sisters, one of the people who the one wrote who didn't and, do the new movie. Yes. Right. For whatever reason, but she said that she doesn't know how much being trans affected her writing the original Matrix trilogies. Yeah. Which means that it's not at least intentionally an allegory for being trans which means we're not conscious in any way yes so whatever people are reading there they're putting it there and it wasn't intentionally put there by the wachowski sisters 
The one example that would have been great was the character Switch, who, as we talked about last night, was a male in the real world and a female in the Matrix. And that's where a lot of this confusion comes in, because the quotes that they used from Lily Wachowski about this matter, they she uses a lot of pronouns like that and it instead of referring to what she's actually referring to. So she's like, oh, I'm really glad that came out. And the articles mm-hmm. will make it sound like she's saying that she's glad it came out, that the movies are really about being trans. But if you look more closely into it, she's, she's saying... She's talking about the character Switch. She's glad that the original intent mm-hmm. about Switch came out. They've even said, we're glad that people are viewing this movie in this new lens because it proves that art isn't static. Meaning that viewing it through this lens changes it from how it was originally viewed. And people people are commenting constantly, why are you so bothered by this? I'm bothered by this because you're sharing something that is demonstrably false. Here's the screenshot from the very article you shared about it. That you just told me to read this person. Yes. The person tells you, hey, you should read this article. And you're saying, yeah, I, I actually did read the article and yes. this is what I learned. But it doesn't matter. That headline is enough for these people and mm-hmm. nothing can change their minds about it. And it it frustrates me as someone who really loved at least the original Matrix movie. I didn't care much for two and three, but the first Mm -hmm. one was a masterpiece. It's got so much hidden within it, so much philosophy, biblical references, other religious references. It's just filled to the brim with this stuff. To take all of that, just like, ah, yeah, screw all that. None of that symbolism is actually important. The only thing that's important here is that the directors are trans now. And no, all of that other stuff is what makes yeah, the Matrix that, awesome. That must be frustrating for them. Uh, and, and from what I've read, and I've not read, uh, Bonnie was doing a lot of research on them last night, but from what I've read, they're very supposedly very private people. So, for instance, you cannot find Lana Wachowski. She does not have a Twitter account. The one that appears to be her is, is a fake. It's not actually her. Um, Lily does have one. And... Lily's account actually in the little about me section says not on the new Matrix film so stop asking me <laughs> so maybe she's a little bit frustrated with Warner Brothers or who know who knows what's behind that but let's talk about that because but, but I, the point I wanted to make is how frustrating that must be for these creators who put so much time and, and loving effort into three and now a fourth film, but the first, the two were, were co-directors and writers on the first three. Right. They put so much of their lives into these movies. Uh, now to just have them reduced by people to say, oh, it's just all about being trans. And no, 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 it's about a whole lot of things. You know, like, can't you see that? No, it's just tra- it's just trans, say these people. It's like, no. It has to be frustrating for them. And I mean... They have a delicate position to walk here where they just they can't just come out and say, no, that that didn't have anything to do with the movie. Because obviously, on some level, it would have, right? Mm-hmm. Every creator... Even if it's subconscious. Yeah, every creator puts some part of themselves into their creation. So they can't just come out and say, no, there's nothing in there about being trans. And they... I thought initially that Lena, the sister who did write and mm-hmm. d- direct the new movie, had come out and disagreed with her sister because there is a statement from Lana saying something to the effect of, look, there may be bits and pieces in there that were inspired by the trans struggle, but mm. it's not a trans movie. No. I was like, okay, well, Lily was wrong enough that it prompted Lana to come out and say, hey, no, that's not actually true. But then I dug into the articles and it turns out Lily didn't even say what the headlines are proclaiming that she said in the first place. So. Yeah. It's got to be tremendously frustrating given the impact the Matrix movies have had and the genius levels of philosophical reference that went into them. 
it's got to be frustrating to have that just swept away and reduced to just being about trans. So you watched the new one last night. I did. And you mentioned Warner Brothers, which I have to say, the first 10 minutes of the movie were just nothing but a take that at Warner Brothers mm-hmm. for anyone who was paying attention to it. It was shocking. I didn't. I, I'm going to. There's going to be some spoilers here. I wasn't happy to see. Mm, OK. You, you want me to? I, I mean, if you can avoid it, okay, try to, because this is still a pretty new movie. True. So there were some parts of the setup that I didn't care for because mm-hmm. of nostalgia and like, no, this isn't the way things are supposed to be, right? But once I got past that, I really enjoyed the movie. But the mm. like, at one point, they say, basically, look, well, Warner Brothers owns The Matrix, and they say there's going to be a new trilogy, whether we're a part of it or not. Yeah, there's uh, the term, of course, that's being thrown around is it's meta, it's self-referential. Well, uh, it, it, and it very obviously was. And it has a lot of fun with that. Uh, but it does make you wonder. It, it seems pretty clear from the things that they say in the first third of the movie uh, that that Warner Brothers was going to make this movie with or without them. And it sounds to me like Lily said, screw you, I'm not going to get involved, but Lana said all right well i'll figure something out and you know i'll i'll help you with this and we'll 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 put this together um, and man did she figure something out it, it was yeah. creative it was clever and i would say it's at least the second best matrix movie yeah, that's interesting i i don't know maybe on a second viewing i would change my opinion about it but i can we can talk more about it we're going to talk more about that coming up i've also seen people saying well but it's flopped at the blockbuster or at the box office so there won't be another movie uh, dude, yes yes there will there, there will be a fifth and there will be a sixth movie i think it pulled in like 70 million worldwide so that's i'm not, I'm not going to call that a flop but u.s i think it was like 20 something well they spent like 200 million making it and another 100 right. million marketing uh, but but it's still we'll it's see. the matrix there'll be a fifth we'll see. there's more coming up it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. Have you seen the new Matrix movies? We're trying to keep it spoiler-free here. I didn't expect to be doing that, so there's there's a, there's a lot more that I want to say about the movie that I can't, because it would involve giving away spoilers, and I don't want to do that. I didn't realize that the movie had just come out like a week ago, I yeah. guess. So I thought I was sort of more on the tail end of it, like when I finally actually got around to seeing Free Guy or whatever it was. It had been in the theaters for a fair bit. Yeah, no, this hasn't even been out for a week. It came out last Wednesday. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. We just got into the subject of the new Matrix movie, and it did have some fantastic lines I, I would imagine that it was ultimately Lana coming around and saying, okay, look, they're going to make this movie either way. Mm-hmm. I understand you don't want to have any involvement with it, but they're going to butcher it if we lead them to their own devices. Yeah. Have you seen any of the other remakes and reboots they've done throughout the last 20 years? Very few of them have been good. I and think you don't want to see your creation butchered. No. And I think Halloween is probably the one example I can think of where something that was as good as the originals came out. Followed by, I would say now, The Matrix Resurrection, which I didn't expect to be good. I had no intention of even watching it, Mm. simply because it had resurrections in the title. (laughs) And if you want to turn me off a movie, that's the way to do it. That's like saying, hey, we're totally out of ideas here. If Resurrections. Mm Mm-hmm. But it it fits. I I would have been happier if they doesn't like reboot it or something. But obviously, it's not reloaded. Yeah, and it's not a reboot of the series. It's yeah. 
it's part of the tr- part of the series. So it is. But people, the critics love to call this a reboot. Like I've you know, read a few reviews since I it, since I it went can't and saw possibly it. be a reboot though because it constantly I agree with it's you. built it's, off it's a, the original sequel. It's absolutely a sequel, but. The, the critics just love using that term. That anytime a movie hasn't had a sequel in two decades, they just love to say, oh, it's also a reboot in addition to being a sequel. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's a continu- It's a resurrection of the series. It's, conti- yeah. it's a continuation of the original plot line. Now, That's honestly, not a reboot. I don't, I mean, I hope it doesn't become a trilogy. I really don't want it to keep going. I, think I had it the impression, fine. really? I had the impression mm-hmm. that they, it was all, they didn't. They didn't deal with most of the problems that needed to be dealt with. So I, no. at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, awesome. Can't wait for, can't wait for the next movie to come out. Maybe. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which direction they, they go with this. Uh, the, one of the things that was cool about this movie, I like the movie. I, I don't want to say it was a bad movie, but then again, I also like the second and third uh, Matrix movies, and sure. most people didn't seem to really care for those um i thought they were fine continuations of the uh, the plot and they they made sense in their place obviously you cannot reach the level of the original matrix that is an impossible task it is one of those things like the the thing you want to do with a sequel is try to outdo the previous movie and almost no sequel can ever achieve that if you look at the history of sequels it's very it's very easy it's a very short list when you can actually come up with lists you know number sequels that have actually surpassed their predecessor and there's only a few of them out there aliens maybe and terminator 2 and they're yeah, really that, that, those are good examples <laughs> there really aren't that many other ones out there um so i you know i think you have to watch the second and third movies with that in mind of that you're never going to have your mind blown like, i think gremlins 2 would and ghost no, no, the gremlins original 2? ghostbusters was better than the second definitely, one yeah. definitely uh i mean ghostbusters 2 is basically just a retread of uh, of the first ghostbusters in a lot of ways but anyway um you know i thought they did a, a, as good as they could have with this particular film there was there was one thing that i really wanted to see addressed that it didn't address and I I don't think it's a spoiler to say what wasn't uh, in the movie, and and I'm interested in your opinion about this, Arya, as somebody who's you know relatively a fan of the first three. Um, oh, I like all three of them, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Did you get the impression at any point that the Matrix, when the uh, the architect in I think the second or the third film, that character that's the programmer, basically, I think the, he's the, the Matrix, end of the second film. I think he's in both of them actually, but ah. uh, but he has I think he has the conversation with Neo in the second film. And he talks about how he's been there before, that Neo has been there before. In fact, in the background in that scene, you can see what are ostensibly the previous Neos and their previous reactions to the conversation that is being had now in that, in that particular uh, movie for what he says is the sixth time. He talks about how the machines right. have destroyed Zion. They talked about how the whole one thing is part of the system in order to stabilize it, that there was always going to be an anomaly. Yes. And that... So and they had to, an equation. Yeah, and, and they had so to on. create a way of dealing with that anomaly when it arose. But they still say that the one is a human. It's not a it's not a program, right? So Keanu Reeves' character is supposedly a human that's born into the matrix with the ability to change things, right? With the ability to restructure, etc. But he refers to the idea that this has already happened six other times, that Zion has been destroyed. He says we've gotten exceedingly ex- efficient at it. Uh, and so yeah. if that's the case, and if there were previous iterations of Neo who were also identical to Keanu Reeves, 
then does that suggest that Reeves is a clone and that they keep remaking him and putting him back into every new iteration of the Matrix? And I don't think so, because as I understood it from the third movie, and it's been years since I watched it. Mm-hmm. I were, just watched them last week. Wasn't there something super special about this version of the one that allowed him to actually or it was because agent smith became corrupted as well mm-hmm. and the age the machines had no way of dealing with that particular anomaly yeah and so neo cut a deal with the machines to say he'll take care of smith if you have peace yes. so that was the sixth time or seventh or whichever time it was uh that was the time that peace happened because of the choices that neo made so the neos have made or the, this most recent Neo made a different choice. Well, the original Neos ones. didn't have an Agent Smith to deal with. And they didn't have a Trinity, supposedly, either, because this Neo was in love and the previous Neos weren't. So that might have been another factor. But the point I'm trying to make here, or that I'm asking about, is if there were six previous Neos, well, obviously, you know, he's a young guy in this in the movie, right? Like, the character himself is, is no more than 20-something years old. He's very young. Right. So... It wasn't child Neo that that uh, went and talked to the architect. So when they destroy Zion and they restart this whole thing, the big question is, is Zion in the Matrix? Is the Zion quote-unquote real world just another level of the Matrix? That's a good question because otherwise you do have the question of, okay, well, if they've already destroyed Zion, then where are the people to populate the next Zion coming from? Well, he says in the, the conversation that the one is allowed to choose like 17 uh, women and okay. uh, six males or something like that to repopulate Zion, that that's part of the whole process. So the existence of Zion, whatever. it may be real, but it's still part of the system in order to keep it stabilized against anomalies like Neo. But is it real? Because Neo has the ability to affect things, to use his powers in the quote-unquote real world to do things like use a plasma wave to stop the, the sentinels. Those those sorts of scenes make suggest that maybe Zion and all that isn't even real at all, that it's just another level for those who want out of the first Matrix. It could very well be, uh, because that's always the thing I've hated most about the third Matrix movie is mm-hmm. that... I, I'm totally on board with Nate, with Neo having these superpowers in the Matrix. Yeah. But when he's not in the Matrix, no, he, he can't be blind and still be able to, to magically see things. To see, right. So that's a, there's another example of another superpower. But also think about Agent Smith. Remember in the third movie, uh, in the second movie, he escapes from the Matrix by somehow putting himself into a real person from the quote-unquote real world, this other character, Bane. Oh, I'm going to have to rewatch the third one now because I don't remember that. He, get, he escapes in the second one, and then in the third one he attempts to... That's that's how Neo goes blind at the end, is, uh, is Bane attacks him. But Bane is actually Agent Smith. So how is uh, Smith's consciousness still present in this human being if it's the real world and Smith is just a program? So the whole idea that the Matrix, or that the, the real world in the Matrix is actually part of the Matrix is the only way to explain all of those things. And that's the one thing they didn't talk about at all in the new movie. And I was I was bummed by that. I was bummed that they didn't even address that question. Like, how could there be six Matrixes and six different Neos? And how can he have powers outside of the... So, Well, as I understand it, there's probably two more of these coming. Maybe, so maybe, maybe we'll maybe get those coming. questions answered. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see that. Plus, the action in this one, it just wasn't as good. Oh, and it was distinctly different. It, it wasn't anything like the action scenes in the original Matrix They had movies. a different fight coordinator. 
But I would still highly recommend it for anyone yeah, it who's great. a fan of The Matrix. I, I'm saying it's at least second best of the trilogy. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. And I want to say thank you to David Ciantara, who was last night's amplifier. We didn't have that data together because I suck at doing my job. He is a platinum-level amplifier, which means that David is giving $25 per month to the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com if you want to join it. Of course, as we said, we don't ask 25 bucks per month. 5 bucks per month is all it takes to get you in. So check it out. Thank you, David, for your contributions amps.freetalklive.com we're talking about the matrix here and one of the things i loved about it um was the new one yes the new matrix movie was as as they i I don't know how to describe the scene without giving spoilers so i'm not going to describe it but they make fourth wall references to the original matrix trilogy and what it might have been about and at the same time, you've got this hippie song playing. I don't remember exactly the name of the song, but I've heard it before, and I would I would remember if I heard it. I'd be able to identify it. I think but, it's about White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, yeah. that scene. yeah. So it's a, a song about chasing white rabbits, which means wasting your time on a fruitless endeavor that ultimately just leads to a crazy wonderland. For anyone who's ever read Alice in Wonderland... Well, in the case of Neo's um, Chasing the White Rabbit, it was certainly not a waste of time. Depends on which interpretation of the new movie you have, I guess. I mean, I'm going back to the original. I mean, it was Follow the White Rabbit was what what started him on his quest. Yes, but in the context of the new movie, that could have just been him losing his mind in the way that Alice was purported to have. Yeah, it could be. But anyway, they make fun of the the ideas that, you know, the Matrix, what was it really about? It was about... Was it a critique of capitalism? Was it a you know trans allegory? I mean, they, they really throw it all out there. They really and- did. And it's very clear that they're just mocking the idea that the original Matrix trilogy could be boiled down to being about just one particular thing. Because mm-hmm. it was far more complicated than that. I mean, if you just look on just the basic Wikipedia page of the Matrix trilogy, you're going to find an entire section dedicated to references to religions and philosophies and all sorts of things like that and that's without getting into what those places are actually linking to where you'll find out oh there's 1700 references to hinduism buried somewhere in these three movies Mm. or whatever but sure it's just about being trans but it, it was very enjoyable all of the fourth wall stuff i enjoyed at one point a character says something to the effect of we're going to make sure this franchise breaks even or something and it's just it's gloriously well done. Yeah, they have fun uh, with the movie, and it's it's not to the point of like the the predator, the more recent Predator movie that came out, The Predator, where I haven't seen that. It was basically like so self aware and so comically bad that it was essentially they took Predator, which is like this super serious macho tough guy um, series of movies, and they turned yeah. it into a ridiculous comedy, um, and it was 
it was still entertaining, but it wasn't at all. It was such a change of, of pace and change of gear. In this case, this is still a Matrix movie, and it still holds you know firm to its Matrixiness, while at the same time having some fun at the expense of some of the uh, some of the fans, at the expense of Warner Brothers, and uh, just doing whatever they wanted to do. It really kind of felt like in this particular case, and I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. My critique of it is and we touched on this a moment ago was as far as the matrix is concerned when you think about it the previous three movies there are some really memorable scenes of of like wow they put a lot of effort into this fight scene you know a lot of uh, a lot of effort went into the the fight scene on the highway in the second movie where they actually built their own That was the point highway. at which I stopped watching recently because, I mean, it's just like, okay, I know how the next 30 minutes of this movie is going to be. And sure, it was fun when I watched it back in the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever. I'm like, can we get back to the plot now? Oh, I was point. still entertained by it, uh, but uh, but that, those those what they call them, set pieces in the movie industry, where you've got this big thing happening and it's exciting and action packed and and all that, um, there really wasn't that in this new movie. There were some fight scenes, and you know there was some slow mo and some this and that here and there in the fight scenes. But were there a lot of major fight scenes in the original Matrix movie? Yeah, there I mean, were definitely were, some. Uh, but were there any of these massive fight scenes? Like, you mentioned the one in the second movie. Yeah, I don't think anything goes to the level in any of the Matrix movies of that that highway scene in the in the second movie. It is movie. memorable. But there are others where there's just, there's a lot of sort of memorable fight scenes or memorable set pieces or, thing, or like big things that are happening. And that, this new movie just doesn't have that. The fight scenes are just kind of throwaway. And further, the fight scenes are filmed in a way that is, it is just not as accessible. Like, it's shaky cam, it's... It is a lot of that jumping back and forth where and you can't tell who's happening. doing what. Yeah, right. A lot happening close-ups to where it's hard to really see what the fight is going, you know, what's going on. People are, are getting fought. You know, there's a fight going on, but it's not really clear what's going on with the fight. So it's a bit of a mess. And then there was something the else I noticed. The fight between Neo and one of the unnamed agents mm-hmm. was old Matrix style. It, the camera was pulled back. You could see who was doing what, but mm. it was also only just those two people. Okay. So that's that scene was very reminiscent of the original Matrix. The other thing that I noticed, just from a technical aspect, and I noticed it specifically during the fight scenes because it's a lot of quick motion going on there, was it was filmed in a way that was unpleasant to watch, and I and it has to do with some sort of setting that they did with their digital cameras. I looked into the technicals behind the movie, and they used the uh, the red cameras, which are a digital filming system, whereas back in the day, they were using film, you know, and so, okay. so that's one difference between the old movies and this new one is technically, it was shot in a very different manner, and there's, I don't know what the, I don't know what they call it, but it's like it looks like it's sped up or over it like there's there's like too many frames or not enough frames i'm not sure what the effect is but it's like it kind of takes me out of it for a moment it's like this just doesn't look real and maybe that was their intention but it just threw me off during those fight scenes and just wasn't as satisfying as some of the as the previous movies were in that way what are your thoughts from about how it seems standpoint? to demote neo as quote the The one one. to something as you suggested earlier which is that this neo was different because this neo had trinity the new movie sort of Mm -hmm. creates this idea that it's not neo by himself who is truly the one Mm -hmm. but only when neo is combined with trinity 
Yeah, and that is interesting because Neo does mention in this movie, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that uh, essentially that Trinity believing in him was because he didn't believe it himself, but she believed in him. Morpheus believed in him. And and that was what led him to actually step into being the one. Um, And of course, he did have Trinity there in in the original. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler. Neo dies in the in the original um, toward the end of the movie. And she, through her love for him, brings him back to life. Yeah. And so, you know, he says in this movie that it's his turn to believe in her. And so that's sort of a bit of a passing of the torch, I think, to some extent, or a, a teaming up, uh, allowing her to rise to, to new levels without saying what happens. See, this is why I think a fifth and sixth movie are inevitable. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of stuff like that. And, f- and this is a love story, this, this new movie. It is, and I'm totally fine with yeah. that, right? It, and it works. That, that really works. I think it probably movie. works better. The idea of finding some person out there who truly completes you and lifts you up to higher levels or whatever, that's a lot more realistic than... Oh no! You're just the chosen one. You're the mm-hmm. son of God. You're you're the savior of all humanity. Mm. But finding someone who you know just helps bring out the best in you—that's a much more realistic story, I think. So I, I'm fine if that's what it wants to be about, right? Yeah. A lot of people are upset by that, but I, I don't particularly care. Really? People are upset that this is a love. People story? People are upset about everything. Yeah, man. that's true. I, there's always something someone is going to be upset about, especially when it comes to a, a topic as complex as The Matrix and, mm-hmm. you know, resurrecting a 20, almost 20 year old series here. I'm looking forward to the potential new movies that are coming. I think they've probably already written out the fifth and sixth movies, hmm. and I suspect they probably have already started filming them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to depend on how this one does. I don't know, man. And it's a new. You know, they, a, they kept making new Star Wars movies after the yeah. uh, after the what what was it called the Phantom Menace. Oh, it was just god awful. Yeah, I don't know how it did in the box office though, because ultimately I suspect that did very well because everybody wanted to see Star Wars again after twenty years. That's true. Well, then how did the third one do? Would be the interesting question. But the, see, but why is it the Matrix the doing well if not everyone? Because you would expect that same thing here. People want to see Matrix again for the first time in twenty years, but it just doesn't know. appear to be overwhelmingly successful at this point it hasn't broken even as i understand it. no and, and most movies aren't going to break even their first week out okay. so well, you gotta give it a, better. you know you gotta give it a little bit of time and, and it really it ultimately depends on what it does internationally not so much uh just in the united states and international uh, from what i saw i looked at it yesterday it pulled in like 70 million i mean that's not bad for for an opening weekend but then again that's what you would expect for a successful movie in the u.s in previous to covid would be a 70 right. million or 90 million opening weekend well, if you enjoyed The Matrix, I, I tend to think you would definitely enjoy this movie. I yeah, would re- check it out. I would recommend seeing it in theaters over HBO Max, though, because my experience with HBO Max was just absolutely awful. Thankfully, this is the last time they're simultaneously releasing to that terrible platform. But we're out of time for tonight. Check out The Matrix, and you can join us on our own Matrix server. You can find that at chat.freetalklive.com.